On today's Andy Chen talk show, we have Nat Ho. Now, Nat and I have known each other uh, before our days in the industry. Uh, we got closer when we were both based in Taiwan. I was pursuing my acting career and he was pursuing his career in music. Uh, when we got back to Singapore, we kept in touch. And uh, he's always he's someone that I really respect. He always makes risky decisions and he works really hard to back them up. Uh, I think he has a lot to share in uh, being an independent artist, uh, be it in acting or singing. And let's hear what he has to say. Hi, Nat. Hi. Okay. Before it gets all proper, let's not... <laughs> this is not an interview, ah. Mm. Okay, so let's just, let's just talk, okay? Okay, yes. Um, so this is like having coffee, right? Just that this is tea. Tea. And it's free. Coffee. Yeah. Okay, I always start by like asking uh, like the guests to like introduce themselves. Like. Okay. I would, I would do like an, introdu- an introduction before. Like okay. a proper like, Nat Ho! Singer of the year! Kind of thing. <laughs> but like, 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 how would you introduce yourself? Okay, hello, 大家好,我是奈何和天子。好脸,他的中文变很好。Formula. Uh, I, had to, I actually had to memorize that, you know, when I was in Taiwan. Okay, anyway. Um, <coughs> hi, I'm Nat Ho. Um, I am a singer and actor from Singapore. And uh, now entrepreneur, maybe. I don't know. Yes, yes. Claim it. <laughs> entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah, and uh, basically I do a lot of things. Uh, and... And it's, I think it's just my approach to, you know, like living, I think. Okay. Like, there's plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. So I just talked to Jade and she said the same thing. Really? So how much do you sleep a night? Actually, not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I average five or six hours. Okay, that's... Yeah, I mean, sometimes lesser, but... I don't function so well on lesser, but mm-hmm. yeah, about five or six five hours. Or six. And anyway, even if I have nothing going on, right, yeah. and I try to sleep like a full eight hours, mm-hmm. my... You don't get any more energetic, right? No, no, no. My bladder only has a capacity of seven hours. <laughs> so much information. <laughs> okay, so you will wake up anyway. So, so you I have a biological anyway. clock. Yeah, biological in you, in you, right? So clock. So six hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then once I wake up... Maybe don't drink so much water before you sleep. sleep. No, 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 no. It's always, it's always like that. Okay, it's biological clock. Maybe it's the light. Maybe it's the light. Sure, fine. Okay. So, so you so you you define yourself as an actor, singer, and entrepreneur. Yep. Right. Mm. So singer first, then actor, then entrepreneur. I mean, I, I know last when we, I think I was talking to you, and then you told me that your number one passion is still singing, right? And acting mm. just kind of stumbled into your yeah, career. kind of. I mean, well, now having been in the industry for like what thirteen years already, you're forty. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> No, I'm not picking that up. Okay, <laughs> damn it. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm gonna be 33 this year. Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, well, I still like it very much. Um, maybe even more so now. You know, I feel like when I was like what singing? You're talking about singing or everything? Like I mean, so so business. you know, whether it's like singer or actor, I I think I am a performer just a performer, you know, Um, because it really encompasses everything. I think it's, being in entertainment is is great because, you know, it allows, um, 
it allows me to express myself. Mm. Um, whether in terms of in terms of acting, in terms of singing, and all that, basically you're telling a story. You're you're putting a message out there, um, and and that is what is fun, I think. And I mean, you know, with each project, you work with different people, um, be it cast or crew. Um, <coughs> There's always a different creative energy, and it's never stale, you know. Um, never. Well, it can get stale, but <laughs> then again, most projects are short. So if it's stale, it's like no. Tangling is not short. Oh yeah, but Tangling has been your life forever, right? Like just for the years. past three years. Ah, that's a long time. Yeah, coming okay. to three years, lah. We'll get to that anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, it, it it's fun because you know there's there's always different things happening. I mean, like like um. I tried corporate work before. You have for a short while. Yeah, yeah. I was I was working in my um, in my cousin's company, and um, doing what? I was doing some like uh, web design kind of. That's not so much. That's still like creative. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work, yeah. Right? No, kind of, but because it was like an office setting, right? Hmm. So you know whatever whatever he assigned to me and all that, I, I would finish it quite quickly. So once I finish the stuff, then I'll be like online doing my other stuff until he assigns me more. That sounds like a fantastic job. No, 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 correct. And then one day he called me into the office. He said, you know, like, I know you finish your stuff really quickly uh, and all that, but other people are still working. So it's not very nice if they see you doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. And also because because it was family. So, you know, I mean... it would have put him in an awkward position as mm-hmm. as well, so like, which, which I understood. No, which I understood, but that also meant that if I finished my work early and there was nothing else for me to do, right, then I have to pretend like I'm working until like oh like five thirty or six oh no, p.m. That's a bit you know, and 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 I think that was when, um, that was when it was clear to me that you know while being in a corporate um, job, mm-hmm. uh, it would. It would give me like you know security and everything, but it just wasn't for me. I mean, there's no wrong or right. Some people, mm. you know, they they want the security, or maybe they have like family commitments and all that, and that is a necessity for them. But but um, yeah, it, it's a trade-off, you know. You there's yeah, there's pros and cons to every you know, decision. Uh, Casey Neistat. Sorry, Casey Neistat. You know uh-huh. Casey Neistat. He he actually like realized that he wants. He wanted to be a filmmaker when he was um, serving soap, like as a like a server, like you know. Yeah. And then he says that the the fastest way to find your passion, like your true purpose, is to do like the worst job you can imagine, because like mm. every minute, every second, yeah, at that job, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, I, like I need to get out of this place. Oh, I would rather be doing this. I would rather be doing that. And but then I... you will find like. Like the, what you want to spend your time doing. If you are comfortable, you wouldn't. If you are like all right with the job, you won't think about like. Well, yes and no. I mean, I I don't think that was a bad job at all. Mm. But you know, but you couldn't <clears throat> like you you had to fit in lah. Right? No, I think it depends very much on the person's personality as well and okay. character. Because there are some people that work dead end jobs, but they they just think that oh, but I can't do anything else. Or oh, I need the money. I need to pay the bills, and then they just do it. Mm-hmm. Or they do it because they think they are supposed to. I I find, I find that um, in 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 Singapore, right? Because you know we are such a competitive society and everything, and and you know I mean like especially Asian parents, right? They're like, oh yeah, you know you have to like work really hard, get into the top schools, go to a great university yeah. and everything. So a lot of people they do that. 
they do that, you know, they work really hard and all that, but it's not exactly what they want to do. So they, they end up, okay, they, they go to a great university, they climb the corporate ladder, they settle down, have a family, and then at 40 years old, they realize, I'm not happy. You know, like, there must be more to life than this, but then they're like stuck. And it's, it's a really scary place to be. Mm. It's a really scary place to be. I think that's where a lot of midlife crisis actually... Yeah, that's where a lot of midlife crisis comes the, in because, yeah. because they were never given the, the chance or the space to, to do what they want. And, and I mean, but of course, you know, you, you really can't blame anyone for that because as parents or so, there's no manual on how to be a parent. You know, it's like they're just doing what they think is best for their kids. There is like books, like, you know, there are like methods and books yeah, and stuff. Yeah, right? but you see, every child is different as well. Yes, So it's sure. not like you can use a blanket kind of thing. Everything is it's like, a, it's like a crazy science experiment, experiment, you know? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Because okay, when it comes to parenting, I, I feel that we have this mindset that we can just wing it. I think it's completely wrong. No, it's like completely wrong. Know, and yeah. I think I think a lot of a lot of people um, are also parents for wrong reasons. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah. you know sure. they 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 do it either because they found themselves in a circumstance like they had sex and boom, children. <laughs> are you talking about no. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you know just that, for the record that did not happen to me. Yeah, no, no, it was planned. No, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, planned. It was planned. <laughs> No, it was a plan! For yeah, no, fuck's sake! I, I didn't see anything. Yeah, I know. I, I just no, but I get that a lot very often. So it's like, a, I was very irritated with it. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. No, or, or you know, or, or especially some other like Asian parents, especially they think, oh yeah, you know, you need to have kids when you're younger so that when you're older, there'll yeah. be people to look after you and all that. But I just find that is incredibly selfish. I think, I think as children, we don't ask to be born. Okay, I know. I know, I know that it, mindset, lah. It sounds it sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound horrible. I understand what you mean. But la. you know, but that's. Uh, I mean, to me, that's a very. I don't know because I love life. I I'm very happy that I was born. Yeah. And I think it's a gift. You know. Yeah. I mean, yes, I didn't ask for this gift, but it's a gift, and and I wouldn't have the. No, no, to say I, yes. I I totally get where you're coming from, and I agree with you. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that, as children, you don't ask to be born. So. In that sense, to be born and then like have all these expectations trust on you, it's like, it's like oh you had me just because you want somebody to look after you when you're old. I mean, I'm right, not, right, right. I'm, I'm, not I'm not saying in in the case in of my in the case Chinese of my mindset, parents, yeah, right? you know, in the in the whole Asian mindset. Yeah, yeah. So this whole concept about filial piety and all that, when it, while it sounds like really noble and all that, but. You know, okay. equally, so, on, on the other side of the argument, it's like, dude, I'm here because you guys had sex. <laughs> yes. So right. basically, you're talking about all the different pressures that can stop someone from pursuing this Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right? so, so to, to come back to our original yeah. point, I, I find that a lot of people are unhappy because of all these like, societal expectations and, and all that. And it isn't, it isn't fair. But then again, life isn't fair. And you know, I always, I always tell like, friends and all that, you, you don't get to choose the cards that you are dealt with mm-hmm. in life. I mean, like some people are born into a rich family, some people are born into a not-so-rich family, you know. <clears throat> but whatever cards that you've been dealt with, you can 
decide for yourself how you want to play. I mean, there are people that are born into privilege, but they just squander it all away as well. And equally, there are people that are born with nothing, and you know, and and they are able to create something meaningful out of it and help other people. So you're very happy, Are you very happy? Um, I try to be. I try to be. I mean, I just make the most of of. But are you a happy person? I'm an overthinker. Overthinkers. So paranoia. Uh, no, not paranoid, but it's 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 hard to always be happy when you're overthinking. But at the same time, I think happiness is a conscious choice. When you talk about like overthinking, mm. what exactly are you thinking about? Um, I mean, even even with every decision I make, mm. okay, I will I will think, okay, if let's say I choose A, and then like. Maybe there's like four or five other possibilities. Actually, no, more like ten mm-hmm. that can happen if I choose this. Or if I choose this, then there's another like ten options, and then I have yes. to like you know, it's like yeah, I do that also. yeah, and 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 the and the stupid thing about that is that you can overthink and and try to try to like you know predict or anticipate what happens. Mm-hmm. But then again, what really happens versus what you think is gonna happen may not always be exactly the same. Yes, I mean, never it, is the same. <laughs> Almost never is the same. Um, like you never, you can't, you can't run. I don't. I think I've gotten better at it over the years. Okay. Um, but the one, the one thing that you cannot control, I think, is people. Mm-hmm. You know, like how people feel about you and, mm-hmm. and 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 all that. So, so which is also why I say when it comes to like um, love and dreams, I would always chase dreams. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Actually, but, I, feel, I, I, I kind of feel that. Yeah, like, but that, that is what I'm thinking now. Maybe if you talk to me again in 10 years' time, I might tell you a different thing. I don't know. But that wow, is... Wow, that's a very powerful statement, though, I have to say. Like, a commitment. Like, that's a very big commitment. Like, dream it's... Okay, no. no it, well, it, the, the reason why I say that is because, you know, my mom always told me that hard work never goes unrewarded. So That's not true. Uh, no, I think I think, you think it's true? I think it's true. I think it's true. I mean, it may not come in the form that you want, but you will always get something out of it. I mean, if you if you really bust your ass out there, but yeah, bust you, your ass for like a company that doesn't appreciate you, and in the end you realize that the company is actually doing harm instead of good to the society. Um, hard work is there's nothing. There's no, no value. No hard work, what, right? No, but but you do get the experience out of it. Yeah. And the skills, the skills you learn while you're busting your ass out yeah. there, it's going to be yours yes, okay. forever. Fine, fine. I, okay, okay. I, I understand yeah. that. That means you always, you always earn something, you always get something. You will like always that. get something true, back. But when it I comes can. to love, you can put everything inside and get nothing out of it. That's so cynical. You're not a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, actually, I do sense that in you, you know, like, like you're very positive. Mm-hmm. But... But I'm very I don't dark feel that too. you're very, yeah, yeah. You don't feel that you have this. You like say Jade. Jade mm-hmm. has this like, you know, beaming like happiness that uh-huh. is like you know. But you don't have. You have this like, very like dark self thinking kind of aura when you're quiet, which I don't think most people actually get to experience that because when you're on stage, when you're performing, you are, mm-hmm. you know, like, you you consider yourself a very dark person. Like you have a. You have it lah. I, I, I do actually. I, I think it comes it comes from 
from the scars you bear in life. For for example, thing like things that I've gone through is like okay. For example, you know my my dad's like scare in like twenty oh, twelve, yes. yes. right? Um, so yeah, that was like super dramatic. I don't even. It, that was tough, lah. Yeah, that that was that was tough. You know, I mean, like. Okay, I mean, for background information, yeah. like my my dad, um, um, I I think it was like due, due to depression or whatever, you know, um, he actually um, left like a suicide letter and went like missing, for like twenty four hours, and that was like a really really rough time, um, for me, yeah. and um, and I mean like, at the end of the day, like I said, you know, you don't you don't get to choose what family you're born into mm. you don't get to choose your parents or whatever but you can choose how you react to that and I think That's over the mature. years as well I mean no it takes time it takes time 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 does heal yeah and so you know with a bit of time with a bit of um, space and distance I mean I I no longer stay with my parents but I think that has been healthy that always helps that, that has that been, always helped, that has good, been yeah. healthy you know yeah, I think it's very healthy I think also also as you get older it's, um, you need to begin this process of um, separation and individualization mm-hmm. um, to come into your own as a human being um, and I will I will get to that point mm-hmm. later um, but anyway so so yeah and and I mean in my latest um, EP I even wrote a ballad for my dad called Superhero okay wow so um, so yeah that song is like really really special to me and um, and it was born out of the past like you know like negative experiences and all that so so like what I mentioned earlier about about um, choosing how you play the cards that you've been dealt mm-hmm. yeah so back to your question about happiness am I a happy person mm-hmm. and all that like I said I, I don't think I'm inherently happy you know like you like, know it's in your DNA right huh you know like being like happy or not or like do you have like the genes to get depression and stuff like that. it's in your it's it's genetically that's, coded that's terrible it's true it's, it's true like so some people have some people it's easier for them to be like a happy person mm. some people is just a lot more prone to depression or just being sad it's not like a choice a lot of times it's like oh it's a choice to, a lot of times no, it's, no, no, it's no, coded no. in your dna yes we have like we yeah. can actively work around yeah, it we yeah. learn so, to be so like, like, like my default baseline is yeah, it's, it's a bit on the darkest you know, side, the dark side yeah. yeah but like my choice is to choose to be, happy. to be like positive out of that darkness, and mm. I think that's and I think that is even more meaningful, for sure. Like yeah. a lot more story, right? Yeah. So how how do you think you have said so far? Um, doing that. Being looking happy. back, but I, you are, I mean you are generally a happy person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean like negative things happen, person. but I don't focus on them. I, I mean. I believe in energy, in the sense that everything around us is is all energy right and and the primary school textbook definition of energy is like matter that can be neither created nor destroyed only converted from one form to another yes so like thank you you for the physics lesson (laughs) (laughs) so so like you know even our emotions everything that happens is all energy so like when something bad happens you you cannot destroy that energy you either have to like feel it 
like channel it out. So that's what a lot of actors do. Mm. And they convert that energy into like something meaningful, like like a something performance useful. or work or yeah. whatever. And for, for me, sure. I convert it into... Yeah. Yeah, into there usually like, are two kinds of actors I realize, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we all have to, we are all manipulating our emotions, you know, and we're all mm. using whatever reserves we have inside, you know, like I, burden I, I would like stuff. to see it as like raw material. Yeah, raw material. <laughs> yeah. Yes, correct. So, but there are two kinds of people, like people, mm. uh, an actor who uses it and finds it therapeutical, like, you know, like you kind of release all your negative emotions or all the burden you have. Yeah. And there are people who it's Use it just too much and get like yeah and they get yeah overwhelmed and they can't deal with it and then these people usually leave the industry quite quickly as an actor you usually mm. leave in a few years time because or they, they just end up committing handle. suicide not all oh, but yeah it happens I mean it, ha- it, it does it does happen because with, because it is actually a very high stress industry it can be for sure um and and allow it to be. and the reason for that I think is because as a creative mm-hmm. um. You put a lot of yourself into your work, you, you know. At least any good ones. Uh. Yeah, because it and and it's hard to not take things personally because it's not like it's not like okay, let's say I'm manufacturing soap and then because uh, I don't like the smell of this, uh, the soap sucks. Then yeah, okay, fine, the soap sucks, but I'm okay. Yeah. But now as an actor or or a singer or a creative. <laughs> It's like you are your own product yeah. as well. Yeah. So everything's so personal. So it's like, yeah, this, this person sucks. Like, his acting sucks. But you are your product. So like, how? What would you say it's your toughest um, setback? I would say, the t- what are the toughest things that you faced in your life? Well, not just in career, but in, in your life. Mm, I think... I think it's the process of getting to know who you are. Um, for example, I didn't like myself when I was in my 20s. Wow, man. I've never knew this side of you. Eh. Really? Really, really. Okay, to be honest, where I mean, I've known you for a very long time. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. we have actually known each other. More than 10 long. years, yeah? More than 10 years. And even before that, I've heard of you really because you were in uh-huh. school. We have like common friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, but I've always met you and then we always talked. There were, and there were many times, like, especially when we were in Taiwan, we were quite close because Mm-mm-mm. there wasn't anyone else, right? Oh, thanks. But, <laughs> no, not in that way. But you know, it's like we were there. Yeah, we were like, yeah. there for each other. We, we were there like... Yeah, uh, but I never really... Like you never really shared like that part about you. Mm. You know, like this... I guess it's a psychological... Um, weight that you carry with you. I've never felt that until today. Uh, well, yeah. probably because I, I feel like, you know, as a, as a performer, yeah. you, like the show must go on. No matter, you, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. Right? So like, no matter what is going on inside, you, you still need to, you still need to make sure you deliver. You still need to, um, I, I don't know, separate the persona from the person. Um, but you carry so much. It's, a, it's, a, it's about setting certain boundaries. I think sometimes boundaries are healthy. Yeah. I think in the age of like social media and everything, you know, there's, there's a bit too much oversharing and, and the boundaries are blurred and it yeah. creates a lot of stress for people. Because yeah. most, most people who are not in the industry 
um, are not used to dealing with the pressures of putting yourself out there to be judged. Yeah. But with social media, every, everybody is judging everybody. And, and when they don't have those like personal boundaries to separate like, you know, the persona or the product from the person. See, but do you feel, um, <clears throat> you are quite a private person, I would say. Yeah. And, and would you say like, okay, when we first got into the industry, there was no social media. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, sound, we sound so fucking old. Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah, but there, there is no like social media, right? So at that mm. time, um, it was actually easier, a lot easier for us to keep our private life to ourselves. It's mm. like a lot of times, it's almost like you don't clock in, clock out like physically, but you kind of clock in, clock out because like I'm at work and I'm showing people what I do and mm. after you clock out. And then now it's, it's like the, the line is so blurred that you, you almost cannot, like not, you, with social media, you almost can't like be like private anymore has that been like very difficult for you then to no I I set my boundaries okay I think it's important to set boundaries okay um, and I mean even with like friends and with people and all that I choose people to let into my inner circle and what I've also realized over the years is the people who go around telling others like how much they know about you <laughs> that's the most obvious sign that they're not in my inner circle. You know, because the people in my inner circle will never do that to me. Yeah. How, how, how big is your inner circle? Yeah. Oh, it's getting old. It's getting bigger now, actually. Um, no, but I have, I have because, a really tiny inner because, circle myself. Because, because uh, like, like I said, you know, I didn't like myself when I was in my 20s. Uh, I'm a lot more... You know you're only like 33, right? No, exactly. And, and it has been such a big difference. It has been such a big difference. I mean, like, when I was 29 going on 30, I was like, oh, shit, I'm, going, I'm hitting, like, the big 30, you know? It's like, like, you feel like, oh, time is running out and stuff. But once I hit 30, I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. Because you um, don't have that, like, countdown clock on your... No, it's not, it's not about the countdown clock. I think, I think at 30, you have experience enough of life to, to know who you are, mm. to know what you want, the types of people you want to surround yourself with. And, 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 and yeah, it's, it's so freeing. I mean, because I think, I think being in Taiwan also helped. So, for example, sure. let, let's get back to the career um, yeah. aspect of yeah. things. No, so, but how big is your inner circle? I'm it, interested. Inner circle? Really. Yeah. It shifts. Roughly? Ballpark? No. Mm, less than 10, maybe? Okay. That's actually not, that's not small. Yeah, it, right? it's comfortable. I mean, it, it, wrote, it, it shifts and changes because, because like, you know, I respect the fact that at every stage in life, people have yeah. different priorities and, and, and like people get married, they have children and you never see yeah. them again after that, yeah. you know? Um, um, my analogy for this is that um, life is like a bus. It's like, it's, like, it's like being on a bus ride, right? And sometimes, you know, somebody comes up and sits next to you mm -hmm. and you guys can have like the most amazing conversation and okay. maybe you, you want the person to like be with you like forever, right? But I mean, at the end of the day, you have your own destination to go and that okay. person has a, their own destination to go and you need to respect that. Okay. So, you know, I mean, 
there are people who think, oh yeah, we are like friends forever and all that. I mean, no, that's, that is a very naive thinking and selfish to a certain extent. I, I understand yeah, that. So, so you, need, you need to respect your own journey. You need to respect other people's journey. And just like... Regardless how close you guys are, right? Yeah. We're even talking about spouses, I feel. As yeah. close as that, yeah. Exactly. So, so, you know, so when it's time for them to get off their stop, they have to get off their stop. Oh, it's so painful, but yeah. I, 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 yeah, I but, but I mean, who knows, further down the line, you know, the other bars might meet at another interchange and they may just come on again and, that, and that's fine. So it's now, for me, it's about enjoying the, the process, enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. And so while I'm an overthinker, yeah. what I find helps now is that instead of overthinking and fixating on, okay, I want a certain outcome, mm-hmm. what I do now is I still overthink. I realize there's all these outcomes, but let's say when I hit a bump in the road, yeah. I'm like, okay, this thing happened, what next? So what next means I have other options to choose because I have already. Like, everything's gonna be fine, lah. Basically, everything do it. With, everything's like a gonna be okay. I think that's a, like a thirty-year-old thing. I kind of got it when I was thirty. Yeah, so and like, no, and eh, don't and, have to be worried. Gonna be exactly, fine. and and <coughs> and I think um, what also helped was um, um, one of my favorite movies is actually Memoirs of a Geisha. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, no, it's not. It's not them random, but I really liked it because of this particular quote that uh, I think um, Mameha said about Sayuri, right? And uh, it, was a quote, mm-hmm, yeah. it, was, it was a quote about water. Okay. She was like, oh, you have a lot of, uh, I see a lot of water in your character or something. And, and you know, there was a quote that said something, uh, water is powerful because, you know, it, is, uh, it can put out fire, it can like uh, wear down metal, but at the same time, it also nourishes like wood and like, like, life. like life and stuff. And water is, water is interesting because it's, um, it's, very gentle, you know, like, like, yeah, it just, it just meanders and goes around like obstacles and stuff. But at the same time, it changes everything it touches. Like the Grand Canyon, yeah. it was made over the years. Yeah, I think Bruce Lee said something water. similar also. Yeah, but, so, yeah. so water is like really, really amazing. And, and, and I decide, and after watching that, you know, and, and after experiencing some stuff in life, I, I realized that is really power in like going with the flow. You know, and 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 um, yeah. It it also takes a lot of pressure off you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask you the last like personal thing after that we will move on to the career. Okay. Uh, okay. So, what's your your love life has always been like? Like quiet, like completely mm. quiet. Okay. I I assume that's because you that's your boundary. Like you don't want to talk about mm. that. Um. So do you? Is it difficult then? I mean, you've been in this line for so long. You've been in the limelight for really long, you know. Mm. And to not like even completely talk about it, like, how has it been? Isn't it hard? Like, isn't it? How do you cope? Or how? Um, well, it's 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 very simple because to me, I feel like, like. Um, Okay, case case in point, like mm. let's say my, my family, okay? Yeah. Um my family is also quite publicity shy. Um so Yeah, siblings, right? Yeah, I have a younger brother. So the thing is the thing is um <coughs> like I remember when I first put out Unleashed, okay? Yeah. And then, you know, I mean it was very polarizing. People either really liked it or really hated it and like the 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 critics were the haters were like really like just going for really? it. Really? 
Yeah. And uh, and I no I and I I can handle that. But what really broke my heart was how it affected my parents. I still remember there was one morning um, my mom came up to me and she was crying. I'm like, Mom, why are you crying? She was like, Oh, you know, like I like I saw the comments on on the YouTube and everything. And she was like, How can people be so cruel and stuff? You know, you worked so hard and and, and all that. And and they just them like, I'm like, Mom. It's the internet. Don't read it. <laughs> and yeah, but but it really broke my heart when when it affects I, the people when it affected you're... her so much, you know. And and that kind of like reaffirmed my decision to actually keep my private life private because, yeah, as a public figure, as a public figure, people can say whatever they want about me. And you kind of I, have, I have yeah I have I, I I I take it as a package. I mean. It's a package deal. You can't just take the good without the bad, mm-hmm. you know. But when it comes to like family or my love life and all that, I mean, those people are innocent. Leave them out of it. But have you not like been in like relationships whereby it's difficult for the other person to? Like, basically, you can't. It's very hard, right? I mean, I remember I dated people <coughs> and then I got like snapshot by like reporters and asked, like, how do you keep it like? Well, to be honest, it's also it's not like I have a lot of relationships, <laughs> lah. Yes. I mean, have you actually seen how hard I work? I, I do. I, I do. Don't, I do. I okay, don't a part know. of me actually think that, okay, lah, maybe like he just don't date at all, like, You know, but a part of me is like, how is that possible? It's a human thing, right? To like to I be mean, dating and to be to fall in love. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I, like, like, um, I think the longest relationship I've had was like four and a half years. And it was all quiet. <laughs> it was like there was no nothing about it, you know. Then yeah, but then, that's my style. I mean, Kim Kim Eng is also like famously private, right? Yes. And and yes, and, that's true. and although I haven't like worked with her all that much over the years, mm-hmm. she's somebody that I actually admire because I find she's able to like balance everything so perfectly. She is, yeah. And she's amazing human. And too. that is, and that is. Yeah, that that was really like admirable to me. I feel I feel like um, <clears throat> a lot of times, right? Mm. I and I, I consider myself like I know you quite well. Mm. I would say that the average person out there would definitely know you a lot less. <clears throat> mm. So the image of you is always this like super good looking sunshine boy, like mm. the whole world is perfect. I think that's why sometimes they like to attack you because yeah. it's like. Everything is like perfect and nice, and like her, his life is so amazing. I think like if they know, well, I feel so. You know, I feel so. I feel so that people just think that you are like everything is going so well, and you're always happy, and you're always good, and you're always working, and you're always doing what you want. I don't think they see this like vulnerability and like pain in your story. I don't think they do. You know, mm. do you think so? No. But I mean. Like my dad's case back in 2012, yeah. that was pretty public. That was public. That was yeah. pretty public. Um, I think that was like the first time people were like, <sighs> like what? Like that, you know? And then after that, it was, I mean, people are forgetful. So they move mm-hmm. on and everything. Yeah. And then every time you're in front, you're always like, hey, hi guys. <laughs> I think it's like if people would have just seen a little bit of your vulnerability, which can be seen through your acting, I would say, if anything. Yeah. But even in your... I would say if people see that, they will actually realize like how, mm. how I mean, much I, you had to go through I, I, to be I, where you I are. I use 
I used to have a blog. And, oh yeah, um, you did. And when blog was still popular. Yeah, no, and and I mean, even before I came into the industry, I had I had quite a good following on my blog mm. because, you know, it came from a, it was uh, it was actually quite um, authentic and mm. vulnerable, um, and and I think people like that, but the the danger came when when I stepped into the entertainment industry. And so this was before you stepped into that. Yeah, this was before. Oh, okay. And I think as a result of that, you know, like I started to self-censor a lot of things. Mm. Um, also, maybe it's because of overthinking. Because you know, it's like you can't you can't seem to say anything without, without pissing some someone assholes off, right? having an opinion yeah. about it that I don't really give a shit about. Just that when you're in your twenties. You, you so care sure. too much yeah, yeah, yeah. about what other people think it's of true. you. That is what I meant, but I, don't, I didn't <clears throat> like myself in my 20s mm-hmm. because, you know, like, you're finding yourself as a person mm-hmm. in terms of your, your career. You're also just starting out. You're not sure. Okay, like, one example I like to bring up is, um, is how, you know, before I went to Taiwan, um, I wasn't sure if me becoming an artist was just because I got lucky. You know? You think maybe sometimes, oh, you just get lucky and then like, okay, I better like, like just, oh, man, just stick I, to this. I never knew like it was yeah. such a struggle for you. But like when I went to Taiwan um, to start from scratch again, you know, like some of, some of, some of my Taiwanese friends were like, um, oh, you know, um, in Singapore you were somebody and you gave up everything to come here and start from zero. Like, like, do you feel like you know imbalanced or, or, or what? But I told them no. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed it because also besides the fact that I had zero baggage to carry when I was in Taiwan. Because you were not it, it a was, celebrity it, anymore. Yeah, it was it was freeing for me. I could go for my lessons, my dance lessons and everything, make all the mistakes I need while I'm learning without being judged. It was it was it was freaking amazing, yeah. So I I mean, why are you in this line then? I mean, I'm so I'm so curious. Like it, it affects you so much. Like people, when people judge you, it affects you so much. Okay, mm. well, maybe a bit less now, but I'm mm. sure it still affects you. Mm. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why 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 are you in this? And why do you choose this line of work when when it, it's like so hard for you? Because I'm sadomasochistic. Um. Well, I, I, my parents were surprised also when I said I wanted to... You were shy when you were younger? I was super shy, yeah. yeah. Like, um, sometimes my mom would, would say, oh, can you please help me call uh, so-and-so and help me check this and that. And I don't even want to pick up the phone. I don't, I don't want to communicate. talk to <laughs> talk strangers, to okay. you know. And now I'm talking to strangers all the time. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> I guess... Well, actually, a lot of a lot of performers are introverts. Yes, that's you true. Know, it, I know, it is in a sense. But you're me, quite an extreme case, though. I have to say. Me? Yeah, you're quite a, like the really hidden introvert, right? No, people never believe me when I tell them I'm actually exactly. Like, <laughs> you are. What you are? Yeah, exactly. But um, honestly, the the okay the 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 definition of an introvert is somebody who recharges. 
when they are like alone, alone or yes. in a small group versus yes. somebody who's being recharged when they're around people. Yes. You know, so I can do the whole extrovert thing. It's a learned social skill. But it's it's taxing. It's not yeah, when your I go natural home, like, habitat. When I go home, I'm like, oh, boy, I just need to. <laughs> you know? That's like, like graphic artists where you can work at home alone. Don't want. Come and do some, a job like that. But you like it, la, like you love I like performing. It. I like I like. What do you think is the about, what, what about what performing? What is the that you, appeal yeah, of what's it? What's the appeal? I think maybe because I'm so introverted, you know, it allows me to express myself in a safe Probably. environment. Um, and, and I guess I do like making people happy. Okay. Yeah. What, what was your like driving, um, what was your initial driving force when you first joined this thing? Like when you decided you want to be a singer and actor? Like, well, actually I, I, I wanted to be a singer like since very young. Uh, I started playing the piano at three, um, when I was three, yeah. Oh my god, if you were born now, you would be viral on Facebook. <laughs> and then, um, um, yeah, but you know, growing up in Singapore, because yeah. everybody's so practical yes. and stuff, so in, in, in school, growing up, when people say, oh, what do you want to be next time? I would tell people that, oh, I want to be a teacher or a psychologist or something, because it so just shy. seemed a bit more respectable mm. and a lot more practical. Mm. You know, more accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I said, "Well, I want to be singing next time," then you know, <laughs> like, like yeah, people will laugh. Yeah. So I, I actually never told people that. And then um, when American Idol came by, Singapore Idol, Singapore Amer- Idol? no American Idol. Oh, American uh, Amer- Idol. No American Idol first. So oh, so yeah. I was like, oh, so that's how you become a singer. Become a singer because I mean, the entertainment industry has always you has always been very mysterious. It has. Right? It has. So it's like, it's not like you can apply for a job. They don't advertise in the newspapers. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, so that's how you get in. So when Singapore Idol came around, I was like, okay, I got to do this. You know, including like queuing overnight and everything. So, wow. So, yeah, it's, I guess like one thing that to another. So, your Singapore Idol, which, which year was it? It was the very first one, 2004, uh, with Taufik Matisa. <laughs> And at that time, I was, uh, I, I made it only to the top 30. So not even like the top 12 where, you know, like there was the voting rounds oh, and stuff. Top 30 was like the first round where... The piano rounds. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, so yeah. And, and, you know, at that time, I knew nothing about the industry. So, you But know, were you trained in singing then already? Or? I was just like from choir. But I was going up against people who were like, doing the whole gigging circuit for years, you know, like they performed in like, like, like regularly in bars and, 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 and pubs and, and other like venues. Yeah. So, so obviously my green, me being a greenhorn, you know, it, it showed. Um, <coughs> and, and I took, I took things too seriously at that time. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it was, so when the judges like gave their comments and everything, I, yeah, it, it really hurt. It really hurt. And oh no, that's like the worst place for you at that time, I'm sure. I know, right? Given my personality yeah. type and, and all that. So I was actually like psychologically scarred at that time. I know it sounds so stupid. No, it doesn't sound stupid at all. Man. It but, but, you know, I mean, my, my confidence really took a hit. 
And uh, at that time, I was... Uh, Were you a confident person then? Do you think? No. Not really? No. Right? I mean, 20s, right? Yeah. Not many people are confident in their 20s. So at that time, I was in music and drama company. Mm. And so after Singapore Idol, I still had to go on stage and perform. And it was so difficult to do that. You know, but at the same time, I think it was it was healing for me because, like, of the volume of shows that we had to do as part of, you know, MDC, right? SAF MDC, which is the Singapore Armed Forces Music and Drama Company, That's right. which I was in as well. Yeah, you came <laughs> after me. So, um, so, so, yeah, because of the sheer volume of shows, I really had to just, like, face my fears. So you were in MDC on. first, and then you joined Singapore yes. Idol, right? You were ex- like an experienced performer because you were singing in the MDC. No, 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 not really. Because I, I went in as a as a singer, but was trained as a dancer. Because you know, in you, MDC, you need you have to dance. yeah you you need you need to tights, earn your spot on no. the stage. Yes, I love that. Actually. Yeah, okay. which is which is good because this way you, I, I never take for granted like you know, my spot on the stage, mm. because I had to really like work my ass off. Mm-hmm. to get there and a lot of people don't realise that they say oh yeah you know you signed a company and they just like put you there yeah. no. I mean if they put you there and you're not ready you're gonna fall yeah they'll yeah. take you out I was taken out <laughs> I know yeah so I you, you really and and need to earn your spot there and and it's really through years of sheer hard work and uh, rejections which people don't see you know, you audition and you get rejected and all that, and that's fine. And over time, you just develop a thick hide. So what's, what's the worst thing? What, I mean, what's the, the command that, like, scarred you mm. when you were in Singapore Idol? When I was in Singapore Idol, well, I, I usually tell people... It's Ken usually, Lim, right? Oh, I gosh, usually, Ken no, is a scary I, one, I, right? I usually tell people that, oh, yeah, it was so long ago, I don't remember, but, oh, dude, I remember. I'm sure you remember. I remember everything. Yeah, say it, say it. What okay, fine. I will say it. So, um, the Dick Lee was the first judge. Oh, gosh. And he said, um, your voice is as thin as you look, and you're a very skinny boy. Florence Lian was a bit nicer. She's like, uh, you are, uh, you're a pleasant-looking boy, but I don't think singing is your cup of tea. Maybe you should join Star Search. Um, Excuse me? Okay, yeah. And then um, Douglas O was like, I don't know what you're doing in this competition. Ken Lim was, you sound like a loser in a karaoke bar. Mm. So at, at what, how old was I? 20. 20, 20 at 20 yeah. years old, oh, you know, and, and without having any experience in the industry, it's, you, you take these things very personally. And, and, you know, of course now, looking back, I realise a lot of it is for entertainment value, but, but that's only because I'm now in the entertainment industry. So I kind of understand how it works. But do you but think at it, that time it yeah. was it was it was terrible. So it has to be. So, you know, I mean to people it's just entertainment, but for some of the contestants who join So these, do you do you think then like like this talent competitions like that, right? Which mm. is quite a trend now, right? Like the, yeah. the, the judges like basically like say nasty things to you. Mm. Um, do you think it's actually like helpful or it's actually de- detrimental to like Budding. It depends on your personality type. And in a sense, I think it's good okay. because it's a tough industry. So only the toughest survive. So if 
if dealing with a comment like that puts you out of action, then I'm sorry, you have no business being in the industry. That's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time, was I heard? Yes, I was. I was. I was upset, and 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 I remember like crying, and it was it was like national TV, right? So that looks really good in the trailer, right? Oh god! So no. they so they cut they cut out my crying portion. Me hugging like another friend. Her name was Celine. She is uh she was she's active in like theater and all that, but she's she's now uh based out of Singapore. Okay. So I remember hugging Celine, and they cut. They cut that um, part into the trailer, and it was like blasted oh. all over national TV. Yeah, because it was dramatic, right? Yeah. But but you didn't take that well either, right? No, but that that is entertainment for you. And now looking back, I can understand. It's like, dude, that made like really good TV. It is right. It is. But at that time, I was like, fuck. Yeah. So you know, but. At the same so time, so that was like it was eliminated by the judges, is it? Or yeah, yeah. So you were eliminated by the judges. Yes. Yeah. So, That's so harsh, man. That's no, really but harsh. but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? That's true. So at that, or it can kill you. Yeah. At that <laughs> time, at that time when when that happened, and I was standing on the stage and right. hearing all those things that the judges said, um, I, I actually told myself that. You are not gonna get rid of me, so soon. I mean, I I didn't I didn't. So it awakened that that part of you, like, right? That determined part of you. Yeah, I I think I've always been a fighter in a sense. I don't make a big show of it. Yeah. Because yeah. you know there are people that talk a that kind of thing, right? It's like very like you know like bravado. I'm gonna kind of do thing. this. I'm gonna... Yeah, but you realize that those people that talk a lot actually never really get anything yeah. done. I think that's one thing about you that's for sure. Like you are, you're like shy and quiet, but you're actually so goddamn ballsy. Like the decisions you make sometimes I'm like, like <laughs> it's bothering. What the hell? Man? It's bothering. Like, what? Really? I'm wow. Crazy, okay. Right? Yeah, but then you're like, oh hi hi guys, I'm there. I'm like, but you're making decisions that are. Very risky to say the list, you know. Like, when, mm. okay. So after what what, hap- what happened after America, uh, Singapore Idol? So after after Idol, I, I I told myself I said, okay, you know, I'm gonna make you eat your words one day. That's what I told myself, mm-hmm. and um, so after Idol, um, I got approached by modeling agency, and um, <clears throat> and so I, I I I did it. My first campaign I ever landed was for M1. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, so that was a very big campaign. And I actually landed that using just a casual snapshot. I because I was I, I didn't have any I didn't have any like proper portfolio shoots and stuff, right? It was just a casual snapshot. I was in my rehearsal gear at that time, you know, MDC. So I was like wearing this like I don't know, like orange t shirt with like the we had the Thai red pants, remember? It was very fashionable mm-hmm. at that time. The Thai red pants. Yeah, it's like this huge pants that you just wrap, and then it's very good because you can oh, like dance and like play oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, those yes, yes. those kind of things. Dancer gear. Yeah, dancer gear. Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, it was just a snapshot from there, and I landed the campaign with that snapshot. That was a big campaign. That was a big campaign, and the client liked me so much they used me again for the second year. Usually, telco they want like fresh faces yeah. every year, but they used me two years running. So, so you know, I mean, that, that was good. But, um, I mean, 
after idol, I, I, I told myself, I'm like, okay, I've had my 15 minutes of fame. How do I extend my 15 minutes? So it, it is not about being a fame whore. It's about being strategic. It's about if I have an objective, mm-hmm. if there's something that I want to work towards and achieve, how do I achieve it? Yeah, so, so you have a bit of leverage now, like, so how yeah, do you... Yeah, there was a little bit of leverage from, you know, that like small like article in eight days, right? And um, so I'm like, how, how do I extend that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, what do you... so by going into the, by taking up the modeling offer, um, I was able to then start, you modeling. know, building more awareness and exposure from, from whatever little exposure I so had. So you're not offered a contract by anyone after that, like, other than the modeling agency? No. no. Not from a label or not from a no. media corp? Uh, well, actually, actually um, I was offered um, a contract by Ken Lin himself, ironically. <laughs> ironically. Um, so <clears throat> at that time, he wanted to put together um, boy band. a boy band right. with four of us from Singapore Idol. Yeah, um, and uh, and the reason he said was was the reason I picked the four of you was because you guys have a hunger, and he could tell. That's so, nice. Ken Lim is actually super smart. I'm sure. I'm sure he he is super smart, and he's a businessman through and through. You know, um, but uh, for some reason or other, I mean, yeah, it, we we had a trial period. Uh, for some reason or other, in the end, it, it didn't work out. Right. Um, but I mean, everything happens for a reason, you see. And it's like the band just—it <clears throat> didn't. The, the band didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, I mean, I don't want to say the real reason. Sure. Uh, but it's never easy when you put four people together. Right. You know, because I of know. different expectations yeah. and 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 stuff. And I just feel it's easier to work alone. Right. Because I know how hard I can push myself. Hmm. Yeah. And I can keep up with that. But can another person keep up with that? Hmm. That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I find that issue also. That's why it's a bit hard to play yeah. with others. So, it's, it, so while I'm grateful for the chance, mm-hmm. um, but you know, sometimes things just don't work out and that's right. just the way life is. Right. So you cannot say the name of the band, right? All right. Uh, <laughs> no. no, no okay. Not names, <laughs> yeah. It was ten years ago. Okay, never mind. Okay. Um. So, so, so yeah. yeah. But, so after that. So after. And then after that, uh, so I was doing like freelance stuff or so, and which included like backup dancing. So I actually remember. Yeah, yeah you're backup dancer. Being a backup dancer for Jade Xia, Jade Xia's Miss Singapore Universe. Uh, and and I'll at, show the footage of that. <laughs> and at that time, I. Uh, during one of the breaks, so like, you know, we were just like hanging around, right? So then Jade was there and I told her, I said, hey, you know, I think, I think you're really cool. I think you're going to be at least top five. And true enough, she came in like uh, first one up. And, and yeah. And she's I mean, like, who are you talking to me, you dancer? No, 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 no. I mean, Jade, Jade was like super, super chill yeah, and very geez. cool and all that. And hey, we are, we are still friends now. But, you know, I, I just think it, it's so cool. And I think after a while, you realize that it takes a certain personality type to be in this industry. I mean, it's made up of a lot of different, different personality yes. types, but some types 
you know can survive the industry. And so how, how, how did you get into Mediacorp then? So uh, from there, because at that time I was starting to do some freelance stuff and then plus my modeling portfolio and all that. So it honestly wasn't, wasn't that long before Mediacorp like, came, knocking. came knocking. Yeah. Oh wow, okay. And because they also had my um, data from Singapore Idol. From Idol and mm. also before Idol, while I was sort of like um, under trial um, uh, with, with Camden, mm-hmm. uh, I did shoot an Idol drama called Shooting Stars. It's for all the Singapore Idol for all the Singapore people, right? Idol yeah. people, yeah. So, Cut that in. <laughs> so uh, I played Daphne Koo's boyfriend. I actually remember that. No, I can remember that drama. I remember Daphne Koo. I remember yeah. in it. Yeah, I told you I was very jealous of you. I was like, oh my god, so successful this boy. Okay, and then yeah. So 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 I I think you know they spotted me from there, mm-hmm. and then on the Chinese side of things also, I also did uh Ping Two. That was for the yes. Project Superstar Idol drama, and at that time I I started out as an extra, like literally an extra, and then the director. Uh, was Kun Hui. Oh, still around. Yeah, still around. And then, and then um, so they were looking for like a male student to like, I think, answer a question or, or like he had a crush on this other character. And then... So had, you were Meng Ping Tu as an extra. Yes. But you were doing shooting stars as a... Uh, no, but... Meng Ping Tu was before. Yeah, like. Meng Ping Tu was uh, I think it was after. I think why would you why would you do like a like a heavy role in shooting star and then go it back and do a heavy role? It was just one app. Oh, shooting star. Yeah. Oh, really? Both were both were like really like, small roles, like, like part roles. roles yeah. Okay. So then for Mong Ping Tu, you know, he was like, uh, okay, why well, yeah, I'll take a A. Then you know Singaporeans are very shy, right? So yeah. I looked around like nobody wanted to be, so I volunteered. And then that was it. So I was Nanthong Shui A, right? Uh huh. And then. And then I had to, I had to like give like some packed lunch to to Shi Xinghui because I had so Thai beta pitching. Okay. So 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 yeah, and then and then oh, this is a this is a funny story. So then um, so in that scene, I was supposed to be like in front, and then they shot like one or two shots, and then after that, Kun Wei told me to sit at the back. I'm like, oh okay, I'll sit at the back. I, and I, I totally didn't think anything about this. And then uh, years later, when I finally signed with Mediacorp, then um, I think my first show, Bao Jia Wei Guo, I think Kun Hui was shooting also. Okay. Wow. And then he remembered me. He's like, eh, hey, oh, oh, you're nice to me. Then he said, you remember when I was shooting you, Meng Ping Tu, I was sitting in the back. I said, oh, yeah. He said, you know why? I don't know. Then he said, oh, yeah. 因為那時候我不是主角嘛,但是你比主角帥,所以我沒辦法,只好把你放在後面。Yeah, <笑> but I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting. I, and and my, my point of saying this is, I think a lot of time, a lot of times, you know, you never know how far you'll go until you try. And in order to try, you need to put yourself out there. And you need to give yourself a chance. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people say, wow, so good, you know, you can do this, or, or I want to do this, I want to do that. But they never actually get around to doing it. Yeah. Like, the journey of a thousand miles begins in a single step, yeah. with the first step. 
So if you don't even take that first step, then what right do you have to say that you want to do something? So after you're in the media court, you did quite a lot of Chinese dramas and stuff. <coughs> so what's your experience like in media court? Also, you went there for three years? Four. Four years? Four years. Oh, six to 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, About the same time I got into the... I think I was one year later than you. Yeah, you came yeah. in one year after me. Yeah. So what was the experience like? Well, it was... Um, conflicting? No, not conflicting. I mean, it was a steep learning curve. I remember. Especially if you're Chinese. Yeah, especially my right. Chinese. Because I was an ACS boy, right? Yeah. So, like, my Chinese is not great, right? At that time, lah. At that time, yeah. Then, <coughs> and so I had never been in studio before. Oh, studio is a... Studio no, so, okay, let, let me tell you. For my first Chinese drama, Bao Jia Wei Guo, right? Mm. Um, because I had to shave my head uh, as I was playing an army character, so I had to shave my head, and we actually had to time it according to when the rest of the real recruits were going into army. Mm-hmm. So that meant that our timeline was really, really tight. And as a newbie, you know, you're bound to make mistakes and all that, right? So I had very, very little room for error. And when we hit studio, because we had to shoot all my long hair scenes first, mm-hmm. I remember I had to do 29 scenes in three days as a newbie who had never done yep. studio before and who speak who spoke shitty Chinese. The type of pressure. Yeah. For those of you who don't know like how studio shooting is, you are sh- you're actually shooting with three cameras. So which means a lot of time you don't really have cuts and then you go again. You just kind of do the whole scene in one go. So if mm. like one actor fluff up, you're going to affect like everybody else. So the, exactly. the pressure is there. And then if you slow down, because studios are expensive. Yes. So if you, if you NG a lot of time, it's going to waste a lot of money and, and the director is not going to be pleased. Like. And the EP, mm. which is the executive producer, is usually watching in an office through like a, yes. through, through like a feed. Like. So yeah, and I it is a stressful it's situation. It's super stressful. And especially for a newbie, it's like, Very. I don't even know how I survived those few days. And I, I distinctly remember there was this scene where I was supposed to be uh, shooting with Huang Wenyong, who played mm. my dad. <coughs> and... I somehow just kept fluffing the lines. And then suddenly the studio lights like dimmed. Oh. And then it's like I heard the clop, 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 oh. clop, clop. The director la. The EP. The EP was in the control room. She came down, Yo Hong. Woo! Yo Hong. She came on clop, 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 clop. When you in Chi And then like she dismissed everybody. And like, woo! And I was, because studio is already very cold, right? Yeah. But then when that happened, I was like, a little like shivering. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, I'm still around. Yeah. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yohong was my EP for Di Zhu Jue. Mm. And she's quite okay, not very fierce, right? But she was fierce then. La. At that time, I mean, like, Di like, right. Zhu Jue is... is is a recent production. Recent, right? recent, very recent. Yeah. And okay, to be fair, I've been around for yeah, a long time. And, and, and I mean, like, I know you know, doing... with time, people mellow down and all that. I think we got, we were in the era whereby it was the tail end of the, like, we get a lot of aggression from directors and producers. Now, yeah, everybody I, has... I, I hear it's a lot now better now. Has, everybody has mellowed down so much, you wouldn't mm. believe it. But when we were in, we were in the tail end of the, yep. the hostility period. I, I think it was like, I think around 2000 and... 
10, no, 11, that, 12, that, that it got that, a lot better. That like show was 2007. Yeah, that was still the very quite scary time yeah, where but you really get gonna quite hard. I mean, it was scary then, but looking back, I think it was good. It was a good I learning it was, experience. It was good, sure. good for me. You know, like mentally, you become a lot stronger. Okay. Yeah, so like I said, things happen, but how you want to take it. So you were doing quite well in Mediacorp. And then you were getting endorsements, you were getting shows, you were doing mm. getting good roles. And why why you suddenly decided to like leave the company? Well, at that time, I was um, I was twenty six when I started to think that maybe I should leave. Because mm. to be fair, when I when I joined MediaCorp, I did tell them I said, you know, it's like I actually really want to sing. Mm-hmm. And but they also explained to me they were like, okay, you know. Uh, you need to understand first and foremost we are a TV station mm-hmm. so drama will need to be your priority I'm like yeah I'm fine okay uh, they said but you know if there's any opportunity we will also try to let you um, sing. sing so to be fair they did mm-hmm. like it was like variety shows and all that they always look for me you yeah. know Chinese New Year album and all that yeah. I will also I will also like be included um, but after four years with them, I realized that my singing career wasn't going, going to happen. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I got to sing, you know, I got to shoot Chinese New Year MV, but my idea of shooting a music video is not holding a pineapple looking happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, viral, just for us. <laughs> <coughs> by the way. So, so you know, I, I, was think, I was toying with the idea of leaving at that time. So I was like 60% sure I wanted to leave. And I told God, I, I, I said... Um, You're a Christian? I'm a Christian. Yeah, so I told God, I said, you know, if it's time for me to leave, um, make it very, very clear. You know, don't... I, I don't want the offer to be something that is not bad but not great either. Mm-hmm. So when I went into discussion, um, like, yeah, so, so they said, you know, you've been with us for a while and, and all that and... And um, yeah, so we will renew you for another two years on the same terms. And I mean, my term wasn't great. I mean, it was okay, but okay, it wasn't. But I mean, for four years, like you're on your second contract, right? No, so, um, I was one year, one year, two years. Oh, so you're on your fourth contract. Yeah. So with the exception of my first year, my second, third, and fourth year, every, well. every year, I exceed my show count. Okay. So show count is like a KPI basically, right? Right, right. like uh, the, the amount of work you get as an actor. Yeah, and, uh, and, and you set the KPI for me and I exceed it. So there is no reason to not give me a raise. Mm-hmm. They didn't even offer like a $50 raise. So to me, you know, your first offer shows me how sincere you are. And if you're not sincere about me, then why should I entrust my career to you? It's as simple as that. So, at that time, I remember, I remember thinking, okay, you know, put on a poker face, put on a poker face. I was like really, really, really pissed. I left, I said, okay, I'll think about it. I left the office. I remember the secretary saying, wow, only nine and a half minutes. Wow, okay. I just like I just like gave her like a like hmm, kind of smile and I went straight to my manager's office, I sat down and I said, I'm not renewing my contract. And she's like, 
oh, 不要冲动, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, actually, a lot of artists got their pay cut. You didn't, your pay didn't get cut. It's very good. 2007. Eh, no, that was, no, that was 2010. 2010. Was it an uh, economically bad, bad year? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, isn't the economy bad every year? <laughs> Some years more bad than <laughs> others, but yes, I, I get your point. And then... Yeah, but... That was not a bad you know, year. As, not as bad. bad as the economy is, mm-hmm. $50 a year translates to how much? $600. Yeah, not much. La. Right? Yeah. You can't even give me a $600 But they play, quite, they play hardball, right? I mean, they usually play hardball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, they would probably expect most people to like negotiate mm-hmm. or something, but... But it was quite far beyond of what you... Quite, quite far below of what you expected. Yeah, la, no, right? it, it, was just, it was just ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was busting my ass out there for this company. I remember doing a Chinese drama and, you know, like, like our day start, started at um, 7, so we report for makeup at 6, right? So I was 7 to 7 and then I had to cross over into studio. And then studio, sometimes you overrun. So studio finishes at 12 midnight. Sometimes yep. you overrun, like 1 a.m. Yep. So I'm on the way, I'm on the way home. I can feel myself falling asleep. I was driving. I can feel myself falling asleep. I turn on the music. I wind down the windows. I start talking to myself, singing. And I still fell asleep. On your way? On the way? On my way home. I mounted a curb and and I I got like, you know, like, like shocked. And and, um, the adrenaline kept me awake. Luckily, I didn't kill anybody. But yeah. So, I mean, I was busting my ass out there. And this is how I'm treated. It's disappointing. La. It is disappointing. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course, as a business, they probably have their own considerations right. as well. And that, and that is fine. Right. You know, I am, not, I am not as entitled to say that, no, you must pay me this and all that. I mean, everybody makes their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So they make their decision and I made the decision to leave. Yes. And at that time, I told myself, I said, Okay, I'm gonna work really hard. Again, again, it's it's always it's always when bad things happen to me, it kind of like galvanizes me into action. Mm-hmm. I told myself I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna make it sure. I'm I'm gonna make sure that I still stay in entertainment. I'm gonna leave, but I'm gonna make sure I do really really well. And if one day I come back, it will be on my terms. Because I think there and then. I learned an important life lesson that you need to have leverage. No, not leverage. You decide your own value. You need to know your value. And if people do not see that value, then you walk. I mean, there's like, what, coming to 7 billion people on this planet, right? Mm. Yeah, so there's 7.5 billion on this planet. And... You know, I'm sure you can find somebody who wants to work with you on your terms. You know, when I say you are ballsy, right? <clears throat> gutsy, I think that was one of the reasons also. Because you were doing well, you were like a, you were like up and coming, you know, you were like mm. going to be the leading man soon. Mm. You know, it felt like you're, going, you're on the right path and then mm. you're getting uh, endorsements and the clients like you. And that, those are all clear indications that you are heading to like the A-lister level. Mm. And when you left, I was like, 
Like, what the fuck? Like, right? yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, why? Why would you do something like that? You know? I understand now, but then I, I couldn't, I was really young, I couldn't understand. And then I also say, like, it's very ballsy because it's not like now. Now with social media, with like more different companies, with like overseas market opening mm. up, it's actually a lot easier for uh, like a local artist to actually say, like, no, look, I want to try something else. But during mm. that time, like the 2010 period, it was so unheard of. It was almost yeah. unheard of. And then when you, that's why it was a big shock. It was like, if you don't, if you're not with the biggest company in Singapore, then you don't have a career, you know? Mm. So that was, yeah, that was my mindset. Right? So when you knew, you, you must have knew all that when you were leaving the company, right? But So you were just being ballsy again, right? I guess. Um, but I think it's also about yuan zhe. Right. Yeah. Right. You felt like, you, okay, I understand that. And, and, I've always been very intuitive when it came when it comes to my own life, mm. whether it's like career yeah. or or whatever. And you need to respect that voice as well inside, mm. you know. And to be fair, I mean, I did pray to God to say that you know, if it's time to leave, make it very clear. So he made it very clear, now, right? So he made it very clear to me, and which is a blessing, I think. Yeah, I mean, on hindsight, it it was good, you know, and. And um, I was then able to, to like, um, yeah, start work on my music and everything, and that led to the creation of Unleashed. Um, Unleashed was just before Taiwan, right? A year before Taiwan. Yeah, and my and so my purpose in releasing that wasn't to make money from that. I think at that time, you know, some of the comments were like, "Oh, you know, like this nethole is so stupid." You know, he, he uh, released, he spent so much of his own money to go and... Yeah, you spent like what? 180,000 or something? No, 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 You spent 100,000. Yeah, but I was, able, I was able to get like um, about uh, 25,000 in like... Sponsorship. Um, sponsorship. So you spent $75,000 of your own money um, on that song? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And you just... Like you just ended your contract um, yeah. a while ago, lah. You ended your contract, yeah. so you don't have a fixed income. No, um, <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, would you like to explain <laughs> yourself, to, maybe? To be fair, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, hundred thousand was actually the um, the market rate. If I had paid market right. rate, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. but um, because I mean, a lot of them were like people that I had worked with before, so there was like friendship discounts yeah, and yeah. all that. But the the actual amount is still is still very high. Still very high. Still very high. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's still a lot of money, right? It was a lot of money. I remember when I when I signed off the check for the set, right? My hands were shaking. I had never written a check in such a big amount before. The set alone cost me like eleven thousand dollars. And well, it would have. And you were what twenty six, right? Yeah, it, no, it would have cost me like $7,000, but <coughs> because the contractor was rushing another project and he couldn't do it for me, so we had to find a last-minute contractor uh, to rush it out for us. So there was a premium charge for that, right? But there was no way I couldn't... Uh, I, there was no way I could not... Um, have the not set ready. Have the set ready because my, my cast, my crew... My location, well, all that has been booked already. Yeah. And this is two weeks to start a production and I don't have a set. Do you know how fucking scary that is? 
So everything collapse like if it doesn't. So happen. yeah, if we have to spend this money, you have to spend this money. So do you, did you achieve, I mean, you, you, you recorded Unleashed because you wanted to have a portfolio, right? Like to, yeah. for so, people. So to... my, my aim wasn't to make money from that. But you see, one thing I've learned over the years also is you don't really need to explain what you're doing, what you're doing to people who don't care to understand. At the end of the day, they just want to hear their own voice. They just want to hear that they're right. They just want to sound smart. But my real objective was to have a product that was good enough to lend me an overseas management. So did I achieve that? Yes, I did. Yeah, so that led to Taiwan, that right? Led like to you Taiwan. were signed with, uh, what's the name of your company then? Uh, Weilo Si Yu. So yeah, it was, it was actually a nine-year contract. Nine years. Nine-year contract. You signed a nine-year contract. I signed a nine-year contract. And... Um, On hindsight, was that advisable? Um... Well, like I said, be like water, right? So it was a nine-year contract. And, and the funny thing was, I was super chill about it. You know, like, especially when you, are, you know you're going to leave, you just want to like, meet a lot of people, and then you need to like, pack, and then spend time with family and everything. And then finally, like, I was leaving. I was like sitting in the plane, like buckled up the seatbelt, and then... And then that's when I actually had time to unwind and actually think about the, the, the magnitude of what I had done, right? And then... <laughs> something about oh planes God. and leaving Nine the Changi years. airport. Nine years! And before that, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going, yeah, see you, see you. And then, like... Nine years. <laughs> Nine years, leh. That's yeah, like was, really was crazy. Long. That's so, like Korean kind of contract. Exactly. So the first year was full of was just training and all that, and it was really, really, really good for me. I yeah. felt like you I had grown a lot, so much as an artist. So much, yeah. yeah. So much. Um. Um. And in our second year, we actually like released um. Um. Like the we'll link all Nat's work in the description. <laughs> His Chinese MTV. This was actually really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a great manager, you know, I love, love, love my manager. And I don't trust managers easily mm. um, because I'm a control freak. Mm. So if I trust you, it's like a really, really big thing. Mm. Yeah, and, and the manager must be like really good. So I had a great manager, I had a great um, publicity team and all that. Um, but what really happened was um, there was some issue with the, the CEO um, on, on a management level. Mm-hmm. And I think um, after that, you know, company, um, uh, the investors... The company um, folded? Yeah, the investors didn't want to invest anymore because of some issue with the mm. CEO. And um, so, so yeah, so then I left the company. Um, but just nice, around that time, Tang Lin... Um, Started. Tang Lin but when you came. left, when you, when you were leaving <coughs> the company, were you actually, do you wanted to actually stay in Taiwan? Just I don't know, I because in, when yeah. I was in, we were in Taiwan at the same time. And I was like shopping at the like, night market. And they were playing his song. You know, it was like you were getting exposure and people were starting to know who you are yeah. and your music was going on charts and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. We hit like and so, yeah, so top it, 10. On, yeah, it's top 10 on what? Top 10 on... On a lot of the radio. On a lot of the charts, right? Yeah, yeah, because I remember I was, I was very happy when I was hearing like people were playing your song in night markets because that's a sure point that people are actually listening to yeah. the content. And then... So what were you like? Why why didn't you why didn't you continue that? Because you were on on yeah, so you were I, onto I, something. I did I did right. want to stay on in Taiwan, um, but because Tang Lin um, at that time they they came to look for me, mm-hmm. like even though they knew I was in Taiwan, 
So, you know, it was the project was appealing to me because, like, it was the first time Channel Five was going to do a long form drama. At mm-hmm. that time, they said it's like 199 episodes. So in my in my mind, I was like, you know, like, okay, I think it's good to go back to Singapore because I've been away from Singapore for two years now, and it's good to kind of like touch base and everything. And two years of just training, you know, I wasn't allowed to take jobs during my training because they wanted me to focus. So basically, I was like. Two years of not earning okay. any income. Oh, I think it would be good to go back and earn some income money, as well. Yeah. Um, and because they were getting me back from Taiwan, mm-hmm. so in terms of the pay that they offered, it was actually very decent. Like, actually, it was great. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. You nice. know, nice. And and so again, this was when I left MediaCorp. Mm-hmm. I said I will only go back on your own terms. On my own terms, yeah. And and so, did I achieve that? Yes, I did. And of course, I am grateful for this opportunity. And I think it's it's important also because like all these years, you know, no matter no matter what happened on like the management level or, or whatever. I think as a professional, mm-hmm. in terms of my work and all that, I've always been professional, and people enjoy working with me. You know, we had a really good chemistry, and I think one of the reasons why they wanted me to come back was because this was the same team that did Polo Boys. Oh yes, yeah, I can be sure. <laughs> so, so you know, I mean, I had a great time working with them and all that. Which is still on, what? Tangling is still going on right now. So right? Tangling is still going on. From 199 episodes, they extended 248 episodes and then they extended another 251 episodes for a third season. So by by the end of third season, it would be like um, 600 over episodes already. And um, yeah, I mean, we, which, which has made Singapore television history. Well, yes. Yeah. Because it's the longest running show in the history of Singapore. Longest? Longer longest. than any Chinese drama? Yes, as far as I know. 600 over. And because we have no break in between. You know, right. a lot of the Chinese long forms, like one there's and a two. break and then part yeah, one yeah. and then part two. Yeah, yeah. So you were ongoing, non-stop. Ongoing, uh. yeah. Right. Okay. So immensely, immensely grateful for, for this. And, you know, I mean, even up to now, like, me and MediaCorp, we, we still have a great working relationship. So it's all's well, all's well that ends well, you know. Um, and even though my journey hasn't been totally straightforward, you know, it's been kind of like roundabout, but the things I see and the things I experience and the things I've learned, that has been so useful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, we, we, let's go to this part where... What do you think is our... How do you think our local music scene is like now? The industry like now? The local music industry is very exciting right now. Okay, how so? It's very, very exciting right now. There's um, lots of great music coming out from especially the English scene. Okay. Yeah. I um, know that. (laughs) So when I came back from Taiwan, there were like all these like new bands sprouting out and all that. and, And... the material they were coming out with was like really world class. It's like yeah, you could, right. like 
Sam Willows, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, you can hear that stuff on the radio behind like a US act. And it wouldn't sound out of place. It wouldn't. It wouldn't sound out of place. And this to me is like really exciting and it's so inspiring because, you know, Singapore, we are such a tiny country. But now there's all this great music coming out. And of course, I think that's in large part also due to the internet, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And also like with technology and all that, the cost of production has also come down. down so much. Or a lot of times you can even like DIY yourself. So it's really, really, really great and heartening to know that there are so many... Um, talented musicians and singers coming out of Singapore. It feels like we are in an age whereby all our talents are blossoming and maturing, yes. right? It feels like we are yes. in that and this it time. Is, it is super exciting and and I hope the government takes note of this yeah. and actually invests more infrastructure into arts and entertainment. Because I think one, of the, so. one of the reasons why like you know, like you Korea is so successful is because their government actually pumped in like billions Yep. into the industry. Yep. I think there's also a mindset. Lah. It's, like, it's also the, the mindset of the people supporting the arts. It's very... Yeah. It's hard. It's hard here because people are... I think sometimes they feel they're too good for like local stuff, which is mm. a bit sad. Lah. Which I think that's changing with time. That is As we are getting better and then yeah, we are realizing we're getting better. And it's a, exactly. It's a and I think a lot of young people now also, you know, they're seeing more and more Singaporeans putting out their own stuff. And it makes them realize that, hey, it's not as impossible, yeah, it's possible. as we used to Even think. Even the Chinese is. market, right, have been doing so well, right, with like Sing China this year, yeah. and, like Nathan last year. Exactly. It's just like a lot of, a lot of talents. And actually, all these people, most of them, I heard of them way, way before. Yeah. It's just that they finally have gotten their chance. Exactly. And I mean, finally it, have gotten it's, like, it's like, you know, how they, how they say, Taishang yeah. Like Joanna, Joanna Dong, she's been around like longer than I have. You Joanna know? was the same batch of, of Singapore Idol. Exactly. Me. But it's, it's only, it, it took so long, but now yeah. they are all, you know, it's, it's like they are all maturing at the same time. I yeah. think you're right. It's very exciting. So it, it's very exciting. And, and if you ask me, um, like the new world war, Okay, it's not going to be a war of weapons and all that. It's going to be a war of culture. Okay. So, so the Korean government, for them to pump in so much money into like entertainment and all that, it, I mean, culturally, they have, they have like taken over so many countries. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Singapore, whether it's like... like um, um, even the States. Yeah, the, even the States. Yeah, even you know, the K-pop states. is like such a big thing. You have like... You have people wanting to learn Korean instead of their mother tongue. Yeah. Yeah, so so with the right investment and infrastructure, this is what you can really, really do. And I mean, you know, considering that Singapore is a a tiny country with hardly any natural resources, with the main resource being its humans, being its, you know, people, all the more they should invest in like the arts and entertainment because people are your resource. And Singaporeans are lucky because you know we have the best blend of east and west i think so and and of course some people say that oh yeah you know but your english is not great and your chinese is not great either that's one way to look at it but from another perspective yeah we may not be like super great in either but you throw us anywhere in the world we can survive i think it's a choice to be good in in either as well exactly when you know like the basics it's so much easier to build from exactly because there is already like a basic foundation we are in a very good place so i mean singaporeans are actually very very hardworking, uh and very really you think yeah 
I mean, if, if you are in Singapore and you're comfortable and all that, it's easy to, you know, but if you take a Singaporean and you throw them outside of the country, usually the Singaporean tends to be very, very, very hardworking. I think like the it Singaporeans like, who choose to be based overseas are very, very hardworking. Yeah, but I'm because, not sure if the average Singaporeans are very, very hardworking. I mean, I'm not sure. that is probably a podcast for another day. Yes, yeah, <laughs> another podcast for another day. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Singaporeans who do go overseas. Yes. Because one thing about us is also, I think, for a tiny country, we are actually quite patriotic. We are. I think. We are actually yeah. surprisingly patriotic. Yeah, so, you know, when you go overseas and all that, you feel like there's so many things you want to prove as a Singaporean mm-hmm. because, you know, right? So we actually work really, really hard and, and, and the results are starting to show. They are. Yeah, so it, it makes sense to invest in the arts and entertainment because this is the most visible way to export your country and its culture and everything and then bring in like the tourism dollars and foreign investments and stuff. That? Yeah, government. <laughs> Vote for me, twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. if for example, like a lot of our listeners are aspiring, like a musician, singers. Yeah. So, what, what do you think they should be doing at this point if they are, if they want to break into the industry? Work at your craft, mm-hmm. um, but also, I always can I, you break down the craft, like what what exactly? Like okay, for acting, I would say your language, and then mm-hmm. learn like the basic, like the few different steps, like understand what's meta acting, learn the history. So, what about singing? What 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 exactly is the craft here? Well, it's it's actually all encompassing because it depends on what type of artist you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just want to be <coughs> an actor, actor, or you want to be a singer, singer, there are different steps that you need to do. But at the same time. It's also good to know both. Like, you know, if you're an actor, it's good to take voice lessons. Why? Because singing, singing and, and, and like proper voice projection and all, and all that is also going to be useful yeah. for you when you act. And likewise, if you're a singer, you should go and do some acting classes as well because, I mean, when you shoot a music video, you still have to act. When you sing and you perform on stage, if, if you know your body better, you know, go and take some dance classes, okay? If you know your body better, you can express yourself better on stage as well. So, so that's why to answer your earlier, earlier question about do I see myself more as a singer or actor? No, I'm a performer now. Right. Because, you, because... You think you feel it's you, all encompassing. Yeah, you, you right. take different parts, different um, um, segments of the discipline and you marry them together to become even better. So performance, lah, right? Performance. How about music-wise? Like, what, what, how do you... So how do you learn? I mean, what do you learn? What what kind of music? Or I, I I'm really speaking out of my my own comfort mm. zone here, so I, I don't know. Like I sing, but mm. I only sing, and I sing with story. So I use my acting side, and mm. I give like the lyrics, like story, and I sing it out that way. But but music wise, like, I can't play an instrument, and so what what should I be learning? If let's say I don't know anything, I just well, actually, it's fine not to know any instrument. I mean, not every singer plays an instrument, although it definitely helps, but. <coughs> I mean, like there are some singers who don't write their own material. Yeah. There are other singers sure. who write their own material as well. So for me, I also do write my own songs and I, I take my own life experience and I put it into song and I work with a producer for that and all that. There are some singers who are also producers. Mm. Um, but I mean, so there are just so many configurations, but I guess you, you need to find what works for you. But more, okay. more importantly, other, other than focusing on the craft, I think 
another message I would like to put out there is also you need to realize that at the end of the day, it's not just about how talented or how creative you are. You need to understand that this is the entertainment business. You need to understand the business side of things as well. And this is the biggest thing I learned after leaving Media Corp. Um, reason being is because when you're with a company, they take care of everything for you and stuff. So you never really get to learn the business side of things. Yeah. But after I left and I set up my own agency and all that, I have to like find my own clients and all that. Then that's when I actually learned a lot of the business side of it. side of things. You know. So basically, learn your craft, whatever it is. Choose your strength and learn yeah. your craft, and then understand how the business works. Understand how the business works because. It's not enough to be talented or In creative this time, right, anymore, or, yeah. or, or whatever because the business aspect of it is going to ensure that you can actually survive off your craft. And I also think the learning about the business actually saves you a lot of heartbreaks and yes. like pain because if you don't understand it, you just feel very yeah, then, like bullied. Then, then you'll be thinking, oh, you know... The um, world like, is against like, you like, and yeah, stuff. Am I, am I not good enough? That's why nobody's looking for me. No. Yeah. Nobody's looking for you because maybe they don't, they don't know of your existence. Yeah. You know, they, you haven't found the right platform to showcase what you can do for them to look for you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, other times also, let's say you, you go for an audition or, or something and you, don't get, and you don't get picked. A lot of times it's not even personal. Yeah. Sometimes they have other commercial Many considerations. Many times it's business-oriented. It is business-oriented. Yeah. And once you actually understand that from a business point of view, you can take things a lot less personally and focus on other things that matter or other people so find your platform as well find your platform find your voice understand yourself understand the business well basically just understand that this is the way life works and work around it okay so what let's end off with um, what you are doing currently right Mm. so now you are um, you have your own company what's your company okay so um, my my first company is um, Seraph. You have more than one? <laughs> yes. Okay. My first company is Seraph Media. So uh, basically that's like my uh, production and artist management arm and it also functions as my record label um, for all the stuff that I, I release also. Right. Yeah, and when dealing with clients and all that, you know, um, to, to, to have like a proper company letterhead and all that also right. goes a long way in, um, in ensuring like a more professional presentation and also because like I'm a creative and I'm terrible with paperwork Mm -hmm. so by having a private limiter I'm forced to have my paperwork in order Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and then my other company is um, is Love Bento so uh, Love Bento is an F&B concept that I set up um, selling healthy bento sets Mm -hmm. Um, it's at Shaw Tower uh, Beach Road yeah Yeah. so I have delivery we don't do deliveries yet. We do have um, pre-order pickups. Okay. So it's lunch, office lunch crowd? Uh, that's our main crowd. I mean, we do open for dinner as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I have taken over operations since May. You, like, personally? I had to. Okay. I had to, yeah. Yeah, that's put yourself into more. <laughs> another story for another day. Yeah. Um, I had to, no choice. Um... So, yeah, during that time, I I still remember um, my single, Snakes and Ladders, was due for release on the 4th. 
I realized I had to take over the business on the 3rd of May. I went down to the shop, I told my staff, train me, teach me what to do. On the 4th, right, because I had scheduled it for release, I had to go ahead with the release for Snakes and Ladders. But instead of doing marketing and promo for that, I was actually at the shop cashiering and serving oh, customers. Yeah. You 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 have part you have a partner? Not anymore. Not anymore. So you are running that alone. The whole thing it's yours, like yours and yours alone. Yeah, I mean my, my cousin is, is on board as well. Um okay. but he I mean he's more the investor side. La. So operations wise you are like so Yeah. So find time for so it, much n- stuff. Yeah, it, it was it was it was crazy. So so you know, um I was when I wasn't shooting Tanglin, yeah. I was there. So May was crazy because so I, was like doing, I was doing Tanglin. I was I was I was promoting my music yeah. whatever time whatever leftover time I could yeah. and then I was at the shop. Because we were like so so like, you know, short of staff at okay. the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this two company anymore? Um not for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't okay. be too greedy. <laughs> you wanna talk a bit about your finish off with your the songs, the whole your singles, you are creating four songs? Four songs yeah, right? so I, I, have, I have four new songs. Yeah. Uh, so Snakes was first released in May. Actually, ironically, all these four songs were recorded, were finished like recording and mastering since February last year. That was mm-hmm. 2016. Mm-hmm. But I only had, and, but because I want to shoot a music video for each of the songs, so I only have time to start releasing them this year. Um, so Snakes was released in May. Um, I just came back from Philippines uh, I was shooting Battleship there. That's actually the last one that I'm supposed to release. And so then, you have two more that's not shot yet. I have two that's more that's supposed to release not... earlier yeah. than Battleship. Yes. So, so the two remaining songs are um, Next Better Player and Superhero, which is the ballad about my dad. <coughs> you, you know you're, you're still doing a lot of music, but you're not under any label. You're no. doing it all on your own, yes. right? Why? Why do you choose to do it on your own? Why... Because I'm a control freak. So you just want to do everything on your own. But funding, uh, how do you fund yourself? Also like fund that? my own. No? With your own money? or With with my own money. No? Like with the money you earn with your company, right? Yeah, with the money I earn from, from like my acting. So it funds my... It, I mean, it funds your music career. Yeah, I funding, mean, so, so, so Tanglin has been really good for me. Right. Because it gave me, it, it, it gave me the stability so that I can have also the funds to do like um, my uh, love bento, the food business, and then also like um, some money for, for my music. Yeah. So you work, how, how much you work? How, how, you say you sleep for only, was this off or on air? I can't even remember. Uh, we were talking about sleeping hours, right? And you yeah, say you sleep about five, five six, hours, six hours. So the rest of the time you are working. Like you're always working. Like you don't play. You don't like go out for social gatherings. And stuff. Not much. Sometimes not much, right? I, I sometimes events you. or but events is work yeah. as well, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, like like I usually catch up with friends over food. I lo- I love eating. I love bento. <laughs> yeah. Now 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 they come to love bento to look for me. It's easier to find me there. Right. Uh, yeah. So between like my work and then also you know as. It, being in this line also you need to keep fit and yeah. everything so gym yeah, training and everything Instagram shows that you are so constantly at the gym I don't actually have really a life really so to your to your question about love life what love life 
I'm yeah. I'm married. I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not seeing anyone now. I think it's it's hard. Is that like a casting call for like? Call Matt. He's single. It's uh. It's 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 hard. It's hard now. Yeah. Um, but you've been working this hard for all the while, right? You've never. You've never past, slacked off. You've never past uh like past given up. year or two actually. I've been working like super 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 hard. Um, yeah, and that is also because um, if Tanglin doesn't continue, um, then I might be leaving Singapore again. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 planning. Plans, I'm making plans. Um, so you know, I, the reason why I need to work hard is so that I have enough money to sustain when I'm overseas. I mean, yeah, because because I don't come from a I don't come from a rich family. Mm. Everything I have, I really work super hard for it, mm. and I want people to understand that. You know? I think they do after today, <laughs> like they realize how hard you work. I mean, I always knew you worked hard, but yeah. I never knew like this hard, not just physically, but yeah. like, like emotionally and mentally, like yeah. how hard a worker you are. Because it is it is one thing to chase your dreams, but you need to be practical about it as well. So it needs to be done in a way that is sustainable and. And you know, chasing a dream in entertainment is not always sustainable. So that's why I'm working so hard now to have the proper financial infrastructure to support me when I have to go overseas again. I want to take on projects because I like the project or because it's good for me, and not because I need the money. Yeah. Because that's always you, what yeah, you're chasing for. Because if you are doing something just for the money that will come at an opportunity cost of a project that you want to do or you eventually. Can so it is important to have all this financial infrastructure in place first. Um, then once that is in place, you can fly. Well said. Yeah. Okay, where, where can we find you, um, like your staff, um, and your social media. Uh, okay, basically, promote yourself shamelessly. You are the product, right? You have been scolded, so now you can promote. Basically, this. all my social media, whether it's like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, is all found at the handle I am Natho. That's I A M N A T H O. Okay, thank you, Nat. Thank, thank you for you. coming. I think we that was like two hours. Yeah. Thank you, Nat. Lots of material. Thank you so much. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Uh, you can also find me at Andy Chen, A-N-D-I-E-C-H-E-N on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.